Hello, 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 and welcome back to American Grift, the podcast where we, where we charge you $19 for a 50-cent coin available only to the residents of your state. I'm your host, Oriana Schwint, and we are back from a, hi- from a hiatus so long that I met and married the man who is now my husband and moved across the country and in, in the midst of a career change. Uh, but today, we've got a somewhat more personal story to tell, and to join me in discussing it is Ismit Mangla, a veteran financial journalist turned content director. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. It's a joy to have you back. I mean, I loved having you on previous episodes, you know, several lifetimes ago. I know. I'm so excited to be back on the revival episode. We're reviving it, baby. Nothing can ever die. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And to be with the new Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, my said husband, Stephen Parkhurst, director and video producer extraordinaire, is joining us. Hello. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm doing great. Uh, Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm trying to imagine excluding you. From this topic, the reason that Steve is here is not just because he is my husband, but because uh, the grift that we are talking about today involves one of our wedding gifts, or as uh, my co-host on a different podcast, Ned Raggett, said on Twitter, a wedding grift. We got married at the end of February, and well, that's where our story starts. So, on February 23rd, 2021, a company called National Mint and Treasury LLC ran a full-page ad in the Bangor Daily News. This is the daily newspaper that serves Bangor, Maine, for those of you who need a geography lesson. And this ad was for an offer that you simply could not refuse. It was the opportunity for residents of the state of Maine and the state of Maine only to buy JFK silver half dollars for a mere $19 a coin. If you didn't have a main address, you had to pay a whopping $57 for each. And I cannot stress this enough, 50 cent coin. Wow. Yeah. So why would you pay $19 for a coin that has a face value of 50 cents? Well, these coins are from the 1960s. Uh, most of them and most of the coins produced in that time period were minted with 40% silver, but there was a year when they were minted with 90% silver. And that was, that was 1964. And because silver is worth more today than it was in the 1960s or whatever, one of those coins is worth, you know, maybe a hundred bucks or so. Um, could be, or could be, could be. That's, that's the, the operative term because, things are only as valuable as you can get other people to pay for them. So this is kind of the obvious trick is, first of all, the ad is very clear that it's for the possibility that one of these quote unquote sealed bankrolls will contain one of these coins that's, you know, got a lot more silver in it and is therefore worth more. So... (laughs) The coins come in these, again, quote-unquote bankrolls that say they are only for the state of Maine. But this is just kind of the same old soap and a prize shit that, that predates, like, you know, that's one of the oldest scams in the book. And what's interesting, though, is that the ad itself is kind of genius. It's like, it's so genius because it's so transparently fucking stupid. <laughs> it looks like a newspaper article, But it's clearly labeled as an ad and like the way it's written, there's some journalistic, like there's a sort of journalistic patina to it, let's say. It invents a woman named Laura Lynn to serve as an officer of this company uh, and she delivers quotes like, it's a miracle these state restricted bankrolls even exist. It's, you know, they, the claim in the ad is that the people who are reading the ad and are taking and, and are interested in taking advantage of this once in a lifetime deal have to call an 800 number within 48 hours of running the ad. And this is where the genius is, because it 
it means they only have to run the ad once in order to get, you know, a flood of marks to call them. And that's the other kind of genius part of this is there's no way to buy these things online. You call this 1-800 number and give your credit card number over the phone. You know, this company is clearly trying to confuse the only people who still read newspapers anymore (laughs) and who still call 800 numbers for anything other than just, you know, shitty customer service, right? (laughs) You know, it's boomers who want to feel special about the shitty garbage place they live in. And what's kind of crazy is despite the fact that there's like pretty readable text that says that National Mint and Treasury LLC is not associated with the U.S. Mint and is in fact located in Canton, Ohio. That was, this ad was enough for one of my new relatives-in-law to call this number and order. Steve, do you want to take over from here and inform our listeners exactly how much money this relative spent? So this relative, who has a history of making really excellent financial decisions, (laughs) uh, which I can dive into a little bit later, perhaps, if we have time, but uh, he bought 40 coins in total um, at $19 a pop. So you do the math, that is $760 for 40 50 cent coins. Which is 20 bucks. $20. dollars $20. Now, you know, in doing the research, once we received these coins, even at uh, just 40% silver, not the 90% silver, these coins are worth more than their 50 cent value. With that being said, at the time that I checked, uh, that equaled somewhere around 3 to $4 per coin, uh, which is still significantly less than the $19 per coin that he paid. So even if we were to sell these coins for the full value of, of you know, what they're listed as, um, we would not be recouping the $760 that, that he paid. How, how do we feel about this? And why do we think that this relative who admittedly does not have a great track record of financial decisions, but it feels weird that they would fall for this kind of scam. What what happened there? God, there's so much to unpack there. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to try to do a condensed version of, of that question. It turns out, in talking to other relatives about this decision, he has a history of doing things like this. Back in the 70s, apparently, he bought somewhere around $1,500 worth of silver Uh, And that's $1,500 in 70s money. So adjusted for inflation, that is, I mean, $1,500 is a lot. That's really a lot uh, when you consider it was the late 70s. He actually, it turns out, didn't make the worst financial decision. He did do this without the approval of his spouse at the time. He just went ahead and did it uh, and spent all their money. But... (laughs) This happened to be at a time when silver, uh, because of international politics, actually was experiencing a boom. So if he had held on to that silver, it actually would have been worth somewhere, from what I was told, it would have ended up being somewhere around like thirty or even $40,000. Wow. Right? That sounds great. But? Here's the thing. (laughs) He almost immediately sold his silver to help a friend who was in some financial trouble. So he sold the silver, maybe made, I don't know, a a couple hundred bucks. I I don't know. Um, He might've even sold it at a loss. I'm not sure. But he sold it and gave the $1,500, who again, that he was not, he and his wife did not talk about this ahead of time. So he made one financial decision, then kind of reneged on that, got the money back, and immediately gave it away to the person who he was trying to help out, and that money disappeared entirely. Uh, So what we were able to determine was that he saw this as an opportunity to kind of right that wrong uh, as like, oh, well, I almost made a lot of money with this investment. Now here's a chance. Coming full circle. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that was basically his way of saying, 
uh, I will help, um, you know, this young man uh, with a great financial opportunity, one that I missed out on uh, when I was younger. And that might have actually been true if he hadn't, you know, paid $19 a coin for coins that are at best worth four dollars so yeah Wait, i i just have a question about this though so yeah. did you guys know like that this gift was coming or did you just you know open your mailbox one day and there's a bunch of half you know 50 cent coins in your <laughs> in your <laughs> mailbox like i i want to understand how this unfolded it's actually uh really it unfolded in a very fun way um <laughs> so you know, we, we got married and we kept it intentionally low key. We didn't have a registry. We didn't have a big ceremony uh, because of the pandemic. And so we weren't expecting a lot. And from this person in particular, I really wasn't expecting anything. You know, maybe a card at best. That would have been fine. He's not a wealthy person. Um, you know, $760 is a lot for him. So what he told me several days after the wedding was that he had in fact gotten us a wedding gift um, but it hadn't arrived at his house yet uh, and when I asked well why didn't you just ship it directly to our house you you have our address he said no it needed to be shipped to my house first because it's for main residence only oh. <laughs> uh, oh, which no. yeah you kind of start to realize like uh-oh what did he do uh, right. And then it um, it took about two months yeah. from that point to actually receive the coins. So it was actually a little bit of like a surprise that we got anything at all. We genuinely thought he had been grifted out of the money entirely and it had right. just been taken and we weren't going to get anything. Well, and here's the thing, too, is uh, we didn't know exactly what what was coming to us, uh, this, this relative had sort of said something about special, uh, like a special coin that's only for Maine people. And we were like, oh, huh. So maybe he spent like 50 bucks on like a commemorative right. <laughs> bicep. You know, I mean, you yeah. see that, sh that sort of shit everywhere. That's all over. That's being advertised all the time. The commemorative coins for, you know, oh, yeah. you know, uh, Paul Revere, pissed on this tree trunk <laughs> right. 200 years ago. So, but we thought, okay, if he's been grifted, it's only out of, I mean, max, like a hundred bucks or something, right? right? Like, fine, you know, don't love this, but nope. Then they arrived and he he included the actual ad with, with the coins and we read the ad and realized it was $19 a coin that, that he had paid. And we realized... Like the cutout from the newspaper. He sent that to you guys. Yeah. He sent the actual newspaper, especially because it was, it was a full-page ad. Right. But what was so crazy is he knew it was an ad. Like, he, he said... He sent, like, a little note along with it. And it was like, here's the ad. And it's like, so you knew that this was not... But he like, thought it was an ad for something legitimate. I mean, he yeah. knew it was an ad. Yeah, and, well, but... and... It is, it's not legit because this is this is such a grift uh, just on right. its face. You should never pay two hundred and eighty times the face value of of a coin for that coin. Uh, just it doesn't matter what whether you think you're going to win the lottery with it or not. It's just a it's no good. It's that it's that clearly like looking to make up for a past missed opportunity there that just really, that really got him. And I mean, Ismet, do you have uh, experience with, with sort of older relatives who, you know, see something in the paper or get a phone call and, and you kind of have to help them either disentangle themselves from, from a situation or help them like, prevent them from actually signing up for anything yes actually um first I have to say like honestly my heart goes out to your <laughs> to your family member for falling I mean I think it's really interesting that like that opportunity that he missed out on like in the 70s kind of stayed with him right, right? 
And just like psychologically, maybe in the back of his head, he was like, wow, like I need to atone for that somehow. So maybe that's what made him, I don't know, extra prone to this one. Yeah. But um, so, so something, so I've had older family members who um, were kind of the, the target of a grift as well. And I have to say, I just have like scammers in general, grifters, like we all know, like these are bad people. Yeah. But I feel like the ones who target like older folks, it just, it really pisses me off. Mm -hmm. Like because these, these people are so vulnerable, you know, like retirees or just like folks who are like living on a fixed income. I just, it, it just, it really burns me up. So anyway, I had older relatives who just got a phone call one day randomly from this company called Utility Savings Expert. Oh, no. Very official sounding. Oh, no. uh, the company, in quotes, also had a website that was utilitysavingsexpert.net or something like that. And, you know, the tagline was, we are here to help you. And so the pitch that they made was really enticing. They were basically like, we can help customers save up to 50% on all kinds of bills, whether it's your cell phone or your cable bill or your electricity bill, whatever. Mm -hmm. All you had to do was just share your account information, like for the, for the, like, you know, your cell phone or for your cable bill or whatever, just give them the account information so that they can pay the bill on your behalf. Like that's what they're going to do. They're going to pay that bill. And then once you check, you go in and check, oh, yeah, my bill was paid. Cool. You just have to, and here's what really gets me, you just have to wire the company half the full amount that was due. No. Not pay by credit card, not, you know, send a check. You could only send payment via sort of wire transfer. And that is the part that kills me because that's like, Right. Red flashing lights, alarm bells, right? Like no legitimate company is going to require you to only pay by wire transfer. Like that's just, or I've heard of people doing like reloadable debit cards. Like no, oh my God, that's yeah. never, that's not legit. But you know, the offer was really tempting because again, they're retired. They live on a fixed income and you know, saving 50% on your bills is very attractive. Like you're trying to make that retirement, you know, that social security or retirement money or whatever it is last as long as it can. So they were pretty satisfied when they, they checked. I think it was their Sprint cell phone bill. They checked, was paid in full and they were like, oh great, they paid it. Okay, we'll send you, you know, half of that, which is $125. So they send that money and then, of course, then they're thinking, oh, well, I could I should do this with like other bills, too. Right. Like mm-hmm. I can I can get all sorts of 50 percent off. But here's what happened. I think it was like a month or a month and a half later. They they checked their Sprint bill and there was an additional two hundred fifty dollars on it um, because the payment that had been made on their account had been reversed. Jesus. So here's here's what I think what happened. I think what these scammers do is that they call the issuer, they use a credit card to pay to yeah. make that payment, right? Yeah. So you think, okay, it's been paid, legit. But then what they do is they later call the issuer and say that it was a fraudulent charge. Man. So the bank reverses the charge, but by then they already have your money. So the victims are out the money that... They wired these people, but then they're also out the money. Like they still have to pay the sprint bill, yeah. right? So it's in addition like, to late fees, I'm sure. Yeah, late fees and all of that stuff. So this really irritated me because I was like, "Come on, you should know better than yeah. this." Yeah, but it's actually pretty. Oh, and here's another a little other twist to this. So my family is from Pakistan, like originally my parents, my parents, you know, my uncles and they're all from Pakistan. So we speak, you know, their native language is Urdu and these scammers actually happened to call and speak to them no. in Urdu. No. Yeah. Oh my so God. they created like an affinity, you know, like a trust that these are people from my community. And it turns out that there's like lists of people that go around. So, and I've heard about this with like Indian scammers as Gross. well. Like they'll, they'll like buy lists of like Indian names and then, 
and then call them and like and speak to them in Hindi or wow. Tamil or whatever because it creates like a false sense of trust. Yeah, that's right? an instant like, oh my gosh, this is my like someone who's part of my people. Like exactly. Although I was like, oh come on, if someone tried to do that to me in like Urdu, I I would be instantly <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> but but you know. So anyway, long story short, I ended up actually calling that company, quote unquote company, and asking them like posing as a customer you know being like how do you Mm -hmm. just explain to me how you do this right and they were like oh we have these accounts and contracts with service providers all over the U.S. and we earn gift cards from these contracts and use them to pay the bills and it was like this whole thing and I kept pushing him um but like he wouldn't give me his last name his name was Naveed I don't you know I'll Mm -hmm. give you his name Uh, but he wouldn't give me his last name wouldn't like give me any more information I I helped them eventually report it to the FTC, but nothing could really be done. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a hundred, let's, in the end, it was like a $125 lesson. So not a huge loss, thank God. Like they didn't give them like a bunch of other accounts too, right? And then they had to have like Sprint change all of their account, like who knows, you know, who knows how they could use their account information too. So it just, it really pisses me off like, these elder fraud scammers. And so, you know, I have been really interested. We can talk about this, you know, as as we go on. But yeah. I'm really interested about, like, why people fall for these kinds mm-hmm. of scams. Like, what is the psychology behind it? Even with yours, like, um, you know, the it was really struck by the... The, the like, why Maine, right? Like, do they just run this ad in pa- other papers around every state mm. and just change the state? Everywhere. That's that's what's amazing is, so I like, you know, informed my family about this. And like a couple days later, my mom sent me a, a photo of like pretty much the same ad, but for, uh, what was it? Walking Liberty silver dollars, right. which is some other coin. Um, but, uh, you know, they live in Florida and it's the same company and what comes, what really like is interesting to see in the one that your family members had to deal with and, and ours is the, the names of the companies are always, they're like vague enough to, to sound like real business names. And this is something that actually, you know, to sort of throw it back to the Joe Lowe episode of this podcast that we did a very long time ago now. But one of the ways that Joe Lowe, the guy who siphoned off $4 billion from the one, from the Malaysian Sovereign Wealth Fund, was by setting up these companies, these shell companies that had just like almost the exact same name as Mm -hmm. other sovereign wealth funds, particularly um, Saudi and Kuwaiti ones. And, you know, it's just... And that's a tactic. It is, and it works. That's a really common tactic. Like National Mint and Treasury, like, wow, you know, people see that, and it doesn't matter if you tell them in... Again, like, they're not hiding the fact that this is not the U.S. Mint. But right. their use of that and the fact that they kept insisting that these were, you know, in, they found the, it's like, what, they fell off the back of a fucking truck? Exactly. Is that what you're Where trying to tell me? Them? You found them and they were in these bankrolls that are state restricted? No, like, that's not a thing. Federal currency is federal currency. Exactly. Like, th- it, you cannot restrict its issuance in a state. This is not the revolutionary goddamn war. Like... But you know what? Exclusivity is such a powerful, like, psychological trick. I mean, I fall for it. Like, (laughs) if you hear about something that's, like, a limited quantity or, like, a limited time, like, I am someone who loves a bargain, right? Like, I love getting a deal, and I'm also very competitive. So (laughs) those two things, like, make me ripe for, like, I'm very susceptible to, like, ooh, you know, limited time to get this deal, I think that that's a really powerful trick, you know, that feeds our need to sort of avoid scarcity, right? Like mm. we we want to get it before others get it, right? And I think it's so interesting with like, with your family member, Stephen, that part of that too is that he like, 
did lose out before, right? So he was like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let this slip through my fingers again. Yeah, and he is he is also, like you, very susceptible to that limited quantity and uh limited time. Um and, you know, the sort of what Oriana touched on earlier with the exclusivity of it being for Maine only, whatever state you're in, you wanna feel like you're special for being from that state. Like, oh, this is only for Mainers. So I think part of it was, you know, we're out in California now, but he saw this as maybe a little bit of, of, of sort of misguided heritage thing of like, well, remember your main roots. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I right, don't... Right, but also like, hey, if you had to get it, you'd have to pay $57. That point. too. So... Like, yeah, I'm, you know, because I'm still in Maine, I'm getting this special deal. And it's like, yeah, but you're still in Maine. <laughs> so... <laughs> Who really wins here? And then the time-sensitive thing, too, right? The time-sensitive thing yep. also, which I think you said, Oriana is so genius. Like, you've got to call in. You only have 48 hours or whatever. Yeah, and that also means that, you know, they can sort of go on a rotating schedule. So, you know, the ad, it's like the sa- or like a similar 800 number. This this company and the other ones that the the man running this scan oh we'll get to the man running all of this incidentally yeah, I, I went on a woo um can just call me a pinkerton because I, <laughs> I went deep you know clearly i actually like you ismet i i called up the number and pretended to kind of be like the daughter of a woman who was looking to buy this stuff and i was sort of investigating for her to see like what the deal was and I talked to a like pretty nice guy named Tim uh like this older guy in his or you know he was like in his 50s he said Tim from Lansing Michigan uh who was like pretty nice and I you know he said he'd been doing this for a while and um but like what was interesting was Tim didn't try and give me the hard sell at any point he clearly had his talking points but I was trying to ask him if he knew where any of this, like, I was like, where are these coins coming from? Because there's no such thing as a state-restricted bankroll. And he's like, I don't really know. They don't really, I just, uh, you know, I just process the orders, basically. And I was like, how many people actually do this? He's like, oh, I get a few a day. And, like, the thing that I was calling about was even more than the 50, than the JFK half dollars that we got. It was these silver walking liberty dollars or silver dollars or whatever that were like it was it was like 500 bucks a roll or a little over 500 bucks for a roll of you know 10 or something and so they're making they're pulling in thousands of dollars a customer possibly depending on how many rolls they buy and you don't have to do that too many times Right. To make to make a, a kind of tidy sum, which yeah, is... Yeah, it's a nice living. <laughs> well, so I did go kind of uh, insane when these coins showed up. I was very mad about it and was like, this is such a scam. I need to know more about this you know, national mint in treasury. Like, what the fuck? And so it turns out that the man behind this company, his name is Andy Kutcher... And he has been grifting seniors for decades. He's just doing it in a way that I think is technically still legal. But it's, I, I think this ad is misleading enough that maybe the FTC might want to get involved. But Andy, our, our buddy Andy, was actually found guilty of scamming his neighbors in a home renovation scheme that also involved his own brother and others who went to prison he pleaded guilty to 14 felonies, 10 of which were theft from the elderly or disabled. And this was back in 2002. And he was sentenced to 10 and a half years in prison, um, but was actually released in July 2007 and had five additional years of probation and had to do 300 hours of community service. And what's funny to me is his defense attorney back then... This is from a local news story. Uh, his, his defense attorney said, Kutcher's push for cash was prompted by a divorce, stress, and drug and alcohol uh, use. Of so, course. Of course. But he, like, you know, he got people to agree to $175,000 worth of home renovations on a house that was only valued at $115,000. And oh this gosh. was in his home 
fucking town of North Canton, Ohio, which is the universe is playing a little joke on me, I feel, because my college boyfriend, whose name was also Steve, was from North Canton, Ohio. I have been, I like went there several times. So uh, I, I know, I know where, and he like stuck around. He, he stuck around and seems to have hooked up with like this other guy. So in this, in this news story from 2012, he was the first, one of the first beneficiaries of something called the Granted Wish Foundation, which once again. Okay, that sounds so fake. Like, I feel like that should be in some, like, I don't know, like, parody, like, an episode of Arrested Development or something. Oh, my God. That is absolutely something that, like, uh, Job. (laughs) Exactly. The Granted Wish Foundation. And so, you know, he was at, like, the Grand... He, like, cut a ribbon at this this, uh, house that, like, this, you know, it's... This house is for, like, disadvantaged people who, like, you know, their house burned down and they needed a place to stay. Um, and so the founder of the Granted Wish Foundation is a guy named Rodney Napier, who around the time this was happening became the registered agent for a company called Universal Physicians LLC, once again with those like vague names. Mm-hmm. So this this company is, is a grift, uh, is another elderly grifting company that sells them medical equipment at this insane markup but pretends not to. Um, And, you know, Rodney and Andy apparently became fast friends because Andy also was a registered agent for the Florida branch for Universal Physicians, which shut down without any real ceremony. Andy seems to be making some good money off of this scam. Like, he has residences in both Canton and North Canton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's formed like a dozen businesses since the 90s he lives and like i checked out <laughs> i checked out the property records because i was curious to see where my rel- my you know where my relative's money is is going and um one of his houses is a is a five bedroom eight bath mansion on 11 acres of land worth 1.3 million wow and he owns another house that's worth like Two hundred and seventy-five thousand, um, and he just so Andy's living large. Well, Andy is living large. Coins. It's crazy, <laughs> and like you know, once again, it's all these. So he has United States Reserve LLC, Federated Mint LLC, also United States Associated Press Media Company oh LLC. <laughs> it's just like SEO chum. Exactly. That that is so true. It's like. It is the predecessor of SEO. <laughs> I mean, it's what and what's what's amazing is you know you can go to these websites for these companies and um, Federated Mint in particular was very funny because you go onto it and there's this uh, copy on the website on like one of the main pages that goes Federated Mint is not liable for any damages to your computer equipment or other property, including computer viruses resulting from or connected with your access to, use of, or browsing the website, or your downloading of materials from the website. And oh like, God. you you go to that website and they're installing like tons and tons. The of most malware. Your- they're being used to mine Bitcoin using your computer. I'm sure. Like. So, oh, wow. yeah, and, you know, it's interesting, United States Reserve LLC, which is yet another one of the companies, It's it was the only one I could find an entry for on Dun & Bradstreet. The claim is that it's making $12 million a year, which seems like too much. That's That seems like a lie, but I, I think... Oh, they don't have to tell the if truth. If you're not sh- yeah. selling shares. Yeah, yeah, I think that's... <laughs> It's it, it's been pretty wild to follow like this you know this guy Andy Kutcher uh, who just like this proves that prison is not good because clearly this man was never rehabilitated no and and he he just he founded a new company in 2020 called um oh where is it the Royal Diamond and Fine Jewelry Company so my guess is he's expanding oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. I mean, well, I think that's, I feel like that's, you know, that part doesn't surprise me because I feel like scammers 
love to just run the same version of a scam over and over and just find new marks or like find new, you know, it's like just a different version of it or a different, a different market, but it's like basically the same thing, right? Like there's nothing new under the sun. They're just finding different targets. Um, but yeah, this is really brazen where he's got all of these, all of these companies with these like, these names like the associated press media that company blew or whatever my that one cracks me up yeah wow but you know like you said it's this aura of legitimacy because you think oh yeah i've i've heard these you know i've heard these sounds before mm-hmm. <laughs> like exactly yeah you hear you hear these names and they've already been planted in your mind from you know from the real thing and so you hear it and like we just want to hear what we already know you know like our brain makes connections that maybe aren't even there because that's kind of like what we're wired to do using those familiar brand names and things like that and I think like older folks especially are very susceptible to this kind of thing because you know and a lot of people say yeah like it's diminished cognition but even people who are not like you know, who, are, who, who, who aren't suffering from, like, a cognition decline as they get older, even, even they are susceptible to this stuff because I think you're so vulnerable at that age. You're, you're, a lot of folks are dealing with financial insecurity. Um, I think a lot of people are more isolated or, or, you know, lonely maybe or, you know, just they don't have things always to keep them as busy. Um, and I think that like really primes them to be taken advantage of this way. And people know that and people are willing to go out and, you know, exploit that. Um, I don't know how people like that can do it, you know, just like how they can live with themselves. But I suppose they're they're dead inside. <laughs> That's what I'm guessing. I mean, that like there's been. Well, it's, it's like, I don't know, Steve, what did, did you expect this to go as deep like did you expect this to be from a guy who like went to prison for this shit already and like well no i mean obviously uh i didn't what's weird is that it kind of turned out better and worse than i expected because at first i genuinely (laughs) didn't think we'd be getting anything i thought he had just (laughs) you know this relative had just been taken for a ride and that was that uh so then when we actually did get coins that are worth something that was sort of like, well, Hey, all things considered, this could have been worse. Um, but then, you know, you got 20 bucks, basically like, and then just seeing uh, a little more than that, a a little bit. That's the thing is like, so let's say the coins are worth $4 a piece. That's, that's retail. You know, like if, if we try to sell them uh, in bulk to like a pawn shop or, a you know, a jewel, you know, one of those kind of weird we buy gold mm-hmm. places or online on like eBay, we're not going to be able to sell them for full retail. Uh, so, you know, 20 bucks isn't that far off. I think best case scenario is, yeah, God, I don't know, maybe 100 bucks, but that feels like wishful thinking. So... But hey, it's a hundred bucks, I guess. <laughs> it's something. So, I have a question though about the um about the part where like they even say in the ad, I didn't get a chance to look really closely at the ad, but like where they say that you may or do they explicitly say you may or may not get one of these like ninety percent? How does the, how does that get laid? Out, it literally you know? is just you may like. So it's like you're not even buying the actual. Like you're buying a, for like a chance to yeah, get it. Yeah, that's exactly right? it. It's a, it's one of the captions is it's like a treasure hunt. There's no telling what you'll find, and so oh my god. Yeah, it's like ooh, some of all we know is some of the coins are worth up to sixty times the face value, and this is actually where I think it may there may be some genuine illegality here, because my suspicion, and I do not have this is not a legal accusation. Andy, if you, if you end up hearing this. <laughs> right. um, but my suspicion is that they buy these coins in bulk from, I don't even fucking know where you do that, but they come, you know, unrolled and they, you know, Kutcher and his pals 
remove any coins that may or may not be valid. You know, they remove any of the 1964 ones that have the mm-hmm. 90% silver and then package up uh, the rest of them. And that, like, saying that they are, you know, oh, they're, 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 they arrive sealed, so, you know, we don't know what's in them. That feels like a lie to Right, me. like, they do arrive sealed because we sealed them up. <laughs> Right? Yeah, that's it definitely feels like they just get shipments of, you know, a box full of coins from, I don't know, an estate sale or they just go to the bank or something. I don't know. And they found a, a box in the corner at Fort Knox and we're like, yeah. okay, here we yeah, go. Here. <laughs> and so, you know, they're making they're making a, a profit of at least $16 a coin, which when you put it like that's Wow. It's pretty tidy. That's nice work if you can get it, right? Jesus. Wow. That, I do feel as though there there has to, it may, maybe the illegality here can only be uncovered by an investigation by an official government body. But uh, I feel like there's something hinky here. I feel like it's worth, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've worked in like consumer... Uh, you know, like consumer um, protection type of reporting and stuff like that in the past. And, you know, it may be worth, I mean, I don't know if the FTC would do anything. I mean, they have a thing like on their site, you can report stuff like this. It may just be worth reporting it. Like they can't possibly keep up with all these scams, but I think eventually they do get to some stuff, you know, like they do, they do like, yeah, there's all you can go to the FTC site and like find all of these like different violations and things like that. It may be worth like just flagging it. I don't think anything will come of it or come of anything will come of it soon. But, you know, that oh the, oh, the other thing you could do, I think, is I used to when I did reporting state attorney general's offices oh. are really good for reporting this kind of thing because they do investigate that stuff like um you know, if they see something happening in their state, they will, they will start. It's because it's more local. They'll, they'll, you know, it's a possibility that they could investigate it. So it may be worth like, I don't know, reporting it to the main AG and seeing if there's anything there. Or maybe I was Ohio, even thinking because really, like that's where. Yeah, Ohio is, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I was also thinking like, and like you know the <laughs> newspaper. I mean they're. They're struggling. Yeah. Their own, right? So they're, 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 if someone's paying them for a full page ad, I don't know that they're asking too many questions, but is, what is the responsibility of them too? you know, to reject? And I mean, cause you can reject really any kind of advertising, yeah. I think. There's, so. there's no reason for them to like, again, this is the problem. You know, once again, the, the true grift is capitalism. Um, exactly. But like, the Bangor Daily News is, well, Steve, you know the media environment there a little better. Quote, media environment. <laughs> so there are basically, you could say, three or four major newspapers in Maine. Uh, the Bangor Daily is the one I grew up reading. Uh, it serves kind of the central and northern Maine area. Um, it's probably the second biggest of, of the four big players. But it is fallen on pretty hard times as most local media has i actually know a couple people from high school who worked at the bangor daily for a while i don't think they do anymore because they got laid off or just you know um there just wasn't room for them but yeah it's it's gotten thinner i've noticed over the years when i was a little kid it was a pretty robust little paper and anytime i have gone back as an adult and my parents, both, uh, most of my family members all still subscribe to it, uh, the ones who still live in Maine. But it's, it's you know, a very thin paper now. Mm-hmm. So I can see why they would take this ad. I'm sure they probably got a, a pretty good rate for it um, because they they serve a, an older community. Maine is the oldest state in the in the nation. Oh wow. And central and northern Maine is the oldest part of the state. So it's sort of the perfect audience for an ad like this. So they probably were able to charge a a, a pretty good rate for that full page ad. Oh wow, I'm sure. But at what cost? <laughs> 
they're, you know, this relative is going to have to give up their Bangor Daily News subscription because they spent $760. Like, I'm just thinking of all... That's a huge sum of money for me. Like, mm-hmm. the things that I could do with that money. This is all about me. <laughs> Although, I mean, it was a wedding gift. <laughs> like, I think that's also, you know, the money aside, it was also... It felt like we were given a side quest. Uh <laughs> As a wedding gift of like, right. here, here's a task for you to complete to get, you know, maybe a hundred bucks. And it's like, man. Right. Because even then you would have had to sell it, right? Like mm-hmm. to reap the like major, say they really were, were worth, you know, X times or whatever. I mean, you would, you still would have had to do the work to get, to get that money. Right. Right. Well, and so here. <laughs> We still have them. Like they, they're sitting in our closet. And you know, I did read the other day that silver has gone up in value in the last couple of weeks. So maybe they'll be even more valuable at some point. Maybe it will end up being a good chunk of money. But it doesn't ignore the fact that, like, I don't care about coins. I know Oriana doesn't care about coins. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this isn't a fun thing for us to do. Of like, as a newly married couple, we're gonna go out and sell right. these coins. It's like. <laughs> We'd rather have just gotten a hundred bucks and, and we could have used that for a nice dinner or, yeah. you know, to help pay for a, a hotel room for a honeymoon or something, you know, like it's just I, I, like you just said, Oriana, like this is all about me. <laughs> this is just sort of a hassle that we have to deal with. Now. I'm also really curious about all of those other companies, Oriana, that you, mm-hmm. you know, the, that are under this guy's name. Like, I want to know what. You know, what are the scams that he's running through those? Like, that's just what really makes my blood boil, too, is that obviously he's got this, like, web of yeah. of of grifts, you know? Oh, and, yeah. And he's profiting off of them, clearly, with his uh, his mansion in North Canton. Although I have to say, like, I wouldn't even want to live in a... I wouldn't want no. to live in a mansion in, in Ohio anyway, no. so... No, no. Well, you, <laughs> you say that as a Michigander, like... <laughs> exactly. You're a little biased, but also North Canton ain't shit. North Canton ain't shit. We just lost the North Canton crowd here. Sorry, North Canton. Sorry, Ohio. I, I'm, um, I'm pretty sure if you live there, you, you, you're either looking for a way to get out or you don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I always say that Ohio is the armpit of the United States, and I apologize to all your Buckeye listeners out there. Because. You know, I'm sure they know. I'm sure they know. Yeah, it, it was pretty disheartening. And you're right. I, I, it's, it was kind of difficult. Clearly, Andy and his pals. You know, this, this coin. The, there's a variety of different coin. They've got the JFK silver dollars, those Walking Liberty silver dollars, and I'm, I think there's a bunch more. Um, I don't know what other non-coin scams are happening. The, the one that like perked my ears up was the United States American Press uh, or Associated yeah. Press Associate, name. Associated Press. Yeah, I was like, ooh, is this going to be a content uh, farm, like misinformation right. farm thing? But I couldn't find much on it. Like, it, it is entirely possible that he just kind of started a bunch of these companies to kind of start start things like the united states associated press media company inc was incorporated in ohio on march 6 2015 let's see the united states reserve reserve inc was uh incorporated on the same day so you know, this stuff has been up and running for a little while now. There's also U.S. Property Management Company, LLC, U.S. Develop Com- U.S. Development Company of Ohio. So this guy, it feels like he's just kind of like, eh, see what sticks. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He's just, it feels very, what's crazy, like, this guy is clearly just kind of low level, but it shows that even as a low level grifter, you know, a, a felon, a guy who went to prison for scamming the elderly mm-hmm. right. in his hometown can return to his hometown and continue to scam and just make a nice little life for himself. Yeah, just with impunity, just continue to scam folks. No, uh, not a care in the world. It is pretty depressing when you think about it that way. Isn't it? Although, 
So if we want to move on to our grift of the week so that we can sort of, I mean, it's it's only slightly less depressing, mm-hmm. but this maybe we'll get, maybe there will be some justice for our grifter of the week. So remember those build the wall, we build the wall grifters from a while back. Uh, it was these guys, it was in um, like an Iraq war vet and Steve Bannon and the usual pile of shitheads who <laughs> decided to crowdfund uh, the, 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 the wall. wall. The yeah. Mexico wall. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, it was it was millions of dollars that they raised. Um, so obviously it was a fraud and a grift. Um, but s- Steve Bannon got a pardon. But uh, one of the guys uh, might actually experience some consequences, which is very exciting. So uh, Brian Colfage, and if I'm mispronouncing his name, I don't give a shit. Fuck this guy. <laughs> uh, so he's the Iraq war vet. And he like lost a couple legs over there. And he co-founded We Build the Wall. And he was indicted in Florida because, of course, for tax fraud. Uh, hooray! We love a good tax fraud. We love a good tax fraud case. Shocking. He claimed to have only made $63,000 when his income was, quote, substantially more, like hundreds of thousands of dollars more. And it was all taken from the Build the Wall Oh, of course. Fund. So he they're literally just lining their pockets yeah. with this Build the Wall crowd. 100%. Money. So not only did he get slapped with, uh, there were the federal fraud charges for the We Build the Wall crowdfund now he's mm-hmm. getting hit with uh, tax tax fraud and another wire fraud charge because it was the money was wired to his bank, uh, his own personal bank account. So that's fun. I feel like these people are just like the Russian nesting dolls of grifters, <laughs> right? Like you just keep on, on like opening up another one with another grift. Like it just you don't know how deep it goes because they just. They wrap them all up this way. Um, like, it's not it's not surprising, right? It's not shocking at all. But I think I'm more surprised that he got caught. It is, like, well, that's the thing is, like, these guys are just, like, most criminals are not operating on, like, a super high level of intelligence. But this is, <laughs> right, like, this is right. fucking lazy. Mm-hmm. Do you really think that you can claim $63,000 when you are like the most high profile, non-politically connected guy involved in, in We Build the Wall? I wonder though how much these people, people like that, you know, just in that whole culture of like Trumpism or whatever, just really felt like they could operate without impunity, right? Like That's true. He totally was... It, what's funny is so Bannon got the pardon from Trump. Right, he got pardoned. Yeah, but this, but Brian Colfage, and I hope I am mispronouncing his last name. It's it's <laughs> it's what he deserves. Uh, he uh, was definitely hoping for a pardon that never arrived because I'm. Do we not teach the the fable of the scorpion and the and the frog anymore? Like. <laughs> Right. Well, isn't it because they all want to be the scorpion? They all imagine that's themselves true. to be the scorpion. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. Shit, that's true. That's very, very true. But also, so supposedly, you know, he was skimming like hundreds of thousands of dollars. But the the fund they raised like tw- was it twenty five million dollars or something? Yeah, it was twenty five million dollars that they raised. So where did that money go? You know, you're actually not even that good at grifting if you only get a few hundred thousand. Dream yeah. bigger. Right, right. Where did, yeah. But I do wonder where where, where did the rest of that money Is it, go? did it all go to the Koch brothers? Like, probably. Wow. Well, I'm happy he's getting a slap on the wrist or whatever it is he's getting. Yeah, right. <laughs> At least, you know, someone in charge might say, hey, that's wrong. <laughs> the last line. Of, it's um, the best we can do. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you got to love it. Like the American dream, I guess. It like, is. <laughs> you know, m- making making some good money off of these grifts. I mean. American grift, American dream. Uh, one thing, you know, not to give Andy Kutcher any credit, but I think something he's doing right that like the, the Colfages of the world aren't is they all got like too big for their britches kind of with the rise of mm-hmm. Trump. And 
I think they they assumed that because Trump was getting away with it, they could as well. So they were okay doing these like higher profile things, you know, having their names attached and doing big public facing things. Whereas Kutcher is staying under the radar. You got to look for him. And that is sort of like one of those rules of grifting that like don't don't draw don't too much attention it. to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Hide behind U.S. Mint and Treasury LLC or whatever. That's that's like rule number one, guys. Come on. Right. So, right. Yeah. But again, don't want to hand it to Andy Kutcher. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really good point, though, is. Well, well, that's depressing. <laughs> yeah. Once again, we've we've gone back into the trough. But um, I think that's I think we've covered pretty much everything we need to with with our buddy Andy and and Brian. Ismet, did you have any final thoughts? No, I just feel bad for our, you know, our ill-fated relatives who are the marks mm-hmm. for these folks. I think especially if you do have older relatives, you kind of have to be a little bit vigilant for them, I think. Um, because another thing that I forgot to say is that folks like this are often, they don't like, you know, parents or grandparents or older aunts and uncles, they're not going to necessarily, if they get scammed, they're not necessarily going to do something about it because they feel embarrassed yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually a big reason why these continue to happen because. They literally feel too embarrassed to, you know, call attention to it. So again, that stuff goes goes under the radar. So again, that's what makes them a good a good mark for these folks, right? So I think you've got to you kind of if you have people like that in your life, like you know, do your best to to help them out. And they don't always want to listen either. So you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. But you gotta be you gotta be vigilant. There's a reason we haven't told this relative exactly how much of a scam Mm, I was gonna ask that I was gonna ask if uh... he uh, hasn't really realized he did ask about it recently and I basically just left it at yep we got the coins thank you Uh, (laughs) and you know you I think you're right um, that like the the more responsible like the better thing to do for this person would be to say yes we got them and this is what they're worth. Like we looked it up, we got them appraised Mm -hmm. and kind of try to push home the fact that you got ripped off. This person in particular has a a history of kind of ignoring that or Mm -hmm. downplaying it or justifying it in some way in his mind where he's not to blame and no, actually he didn't get ripped off. So who knows if it would stick, but it is probably um, on us. Yeah. Yeah. Every relationship is complicated. You got you got to see what that specific relationship is, obviously. But but uh, you know, I I don't think us talking to him about it would fix the underlying you know right. seventy year just personality disorder that is, <laughs> that exists. But you know, maybe maybe it would help. Maybe it would get him to think twice before doing something like this in the future. So yeah. I mean, in my case, I did sort of say to my relatives, you know, I I could tell that they were embarrassed, but I was very much like, you know, don't do this again. Like if you, if I just, if you, something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Or if you are interested, like ask one of your kids, ask one of your relatives, right? Like ask them to... You know, I think older folks, too, like, have a sense of sort of pride about them, too, that they don't want to, you know, they don't want to, like, ask for help in that, in that, in that way. But, you know, I, I kind of drilled that home into them. And I don't think they've, I think since then they've been, been on the alert a little bit more. But, you know, they were embarrassed. They were embarrassed that they felt yeah. that. Well, and, you know, they're used to being parents, aunts, uncles, uh, they they're used to being in these positions of authority and seeding that is really it's a tough pill to swallow and i can i can genuinely sympathize with that it's just and you know in our case he ain't gonna get his money back and we're planning on this being the only marriage (laughs) for ourselves so hopefully uh he he keeps keeps this impulse in check yeah 
Fingers crossed. I mean, he won't. He'll do something stupid again, but maybe not. Maybe not for us specifically. Well, you know, I guess look at it. It won't way. be our problem. It, it's yeah. the thought that counts. He wanted to do something nice for you guys as a, as a wedding gift. Um, well, so. and that's kind of what I. That's maybe the tack I would take is just like. I mean, like Oriana just said, we're not planning on getting married again. (laughs) But like for in the future, for other people in your life who get married, maybe just send them money. Like don't don't make them do the side quest to get this to unlock this money. (laughs) Just just send them a check or don't send them. Just send them a card. Yeah. A card and your well wishes and your love. That's really all that that uh, matters. Well, my dad always says cash is king, and yeah, you know, he he may he may have taken that a little too uh, too literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I would have preferred a twenty dollar bill, frankly. Exactly, exactly. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go pay for some burritos in in fifty cent coins. So, listeners, that is our tale for today. Thank you so much, Ismet, for joining us and, and helping us unpack this just, frankly, bizarre little side quest, as, as Steve so aptly named it. Of course. I had so much fun, and I, I love being a part of a part of this podcast, you guys know. So would love to join you again sometime. Oh, absolutely. Yes, because I do plan on bringing this back, and I'm saying it out loud so that I can be held accountable and people can go, uh, didn't you say you were going to start doing that again? And I can get over my intense procrastination. So thanks everybody once again. I will see you on the next episode. <laughs>